0: It is the year 2021, January 1st, and there are zero days left until Great Gatsby hits the public domain. I have been dragging my feet on recording anything, but I was so excited about today for so long that um, I'm going to read a tiny excerpt of The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald, just a tiny bit. I'm not even going to finish an entire chapter, just a little bit at a time, because I really want to savor it, because I love this book so much. This podcast was formerly known as Tilting. Um, I decided to kind of update everything about it because it's been, I was really depressed um, through the COVID the COVID months um, of last year, which was like all of them from March on. Um, so I'm trying to get myself back together and get back involved in this and, and uh, try to put both feet into this year and uh, really start enjoying it. If you hear noises in the background behind me, it is very likely either my dog snoring, which he is right now, or a train going by, or uh, my daughter's fan in the other side of the house, or one of several things. So uh, I'm not going to apologize for the background noise, because they're the noises of life, and uh, I think they add some depth to the podcast, whatever. As for what I've been up to in the last year, other than hiding from COVID, um, I've been knitting a lot, I've kind of gotten obsessed with it. I made um, 38 completed hats, um, since July of last year. And I have two more that are more than halfway done. So I'm going to count those. I'm going to say that I made 40 in 2020. Um, other than knitting those, I also have made six stuffed animals and myriad other things. Um, just, just tons and tons of stuff, and ripping things apart, and then re-knitting them, and ripping them apart, re them. And I also have an Etsy shop now. Um, if you look for Hidden in the Snow on there, you'll find it, and you can see uh, some of the stuff that I've been knitting. Also, my daughter makes perler art now, which is like 8-bit uh, melty bead things, and they're really cool too. So if you want to check those out, you're more than welcome to, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Some of the things I liked from the former version of the podcast were sometimes i would record um while fighting battlegrounds on world of warcraft and just kind of stream of consciousness um i'm doing that so i might do that a few times this year um i like reading poetry i might not do that as much anymore i've been uh, the writing has been really slow like i said i was really depressed during the last year and <laughs> to to a point misery helps a writer write i think and then at another point it just breaks it and you like no longer can do anything at all so i just kind of sat and you know struggled with everything that was going on around me and all the constant deaths and people getting ill severely and losing their homes and everything and then all the god 2020 was just such a year you know what i mean and all the protests and it was really wild. And then I, I don't blame anybody for just kind of sitting and uh, and being stunned and dealing with it in the best way they knew how. Um, I think we all were just really just doing our best. So without further ado, because I really enjoy reading, I'm going to read to you from The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald, which is a, year, a book I have been talking about for two years now. So to, to finally get into this is is a happiness for me. Chapter 1 In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. He didn't say any more, but we've always been unusually communicative in a reserved way, and I understood that he meant a great deal more than that. In consequence, I am inclined to reserve all judgments, a habit that has opened up many curious natures to me, and also made me the victim of not a few veteran bores. The abnormal mind is quick to detect and attach itself to this quality when it appears in a normal person, and so it came about that in college I was unjustly accused of being a politician, because I was privy to secret griefs of wild unknown men. Most of the confidences were unsought. Frequently, I had feigned sleep, preoccupation, or a hostile levity, when I realized by some unmistaken sign that an intimate revelation was quivering on the horizon. For the intimate revelation of young men, or at least the terms in which they express them, are usually plagiaristic and marred by obvious suppressions. Reserving judgments is a matter of infinite hope. I am still a little afraid of missing something if I forget that, as my father snobbishly suggested, and I snobbishly repeat, a sense of the fundamental decencies is parceled out unequally at birth. And, after boasting this way of my tolerance, I come to the admission that it has a limit. Conduct may be founded on the hard rock or the wet marshes, but after a certain point, I don't care what it's founded on. When I came back from the East last autumn, I felt that I wanted the world to be in uniform and at a sort of moral attention forever. I wanted no more riotous excursions privileged glimpses into the human heart. Only Gatsby, the man who gives his name to this book, was exempt from my reaction. Gatsby, who represented everything for which I had an unaffected scorn. If personality is an unbroken series of successful gestures— Then there was something gorgeous about him, some heightened sensitivity to the promises of life, and if he were related to one of those intricate machines that register earthquakes ten thousand miles away. This responsiveness had nothing to do with that flabby impressionability which is dignified under the name of the creative temperament. It was an extraordinary gift for hope, a romantic readiness such as I have never found in any other person and which it is not likely I shall ever find again. No, Gatsby turned out all right in the end. It is what preyed on Gatsby, what foul dust floated in the wake of his dreams, that temporarily closed out of my interest in the abortive sorrows and short-winded elations of men. My family had been prominent, well-to-do people in this middle-western city for three generations. The Carraways are something of a clan, And we have a tradition that we're descended from the Dukes of Bethel, but the actual founders of my line was a grandfather's brother, who came here in 51, sent a substitute to the Civil War, and started the wholesale hardware business that my father carries on today. I never saw this great-uncle, but I'm supposed to look like him, with special references to the rather hard-boiled painting that hangs in my father's office. I graduated from New Haven in 1915, just a quarter of a century after my father, and a little later I participated in the delayed Teutonic migration known as the Great War. I enjoyed the counter-raid so thoroughly that I came back restless. Instead of being the warm center of the world, the Middle West now seemed like the ragged edges of the universe, so I decided to go east and learn the Bond business. Everyone I knew was in the bond business, so I supposed it could support one more single man. All my aunts and uncles talked it over, as if they were choosing a prep school for me, and finally said, why, yes, with very grave, hesitant faces. Father agreed to finance me for a year, and after various delays, I came east, permanently, I thought, in the spring of 22. The practical thing was to find rooms in the city. "'but it was a warm season, and I had just left a country of wide lawns and friendly trees. "'So when a young man at the office suggested that we take a house together "'in the commuting of town, it sounded like a great idea. "'He found the house, a weather-beaten cardboard bungalow at eighty a month, "'but at last minute the firm ordered him to Washington, "'and I went out to the country alone. "'I had a dog. At least I had him for a few days until he ran away.' and an old Dodge and a Finnish woman, who made my bed and cooked breakfast and muttered Finnish wisdom to herself over the electric stove. It was lonely for a day or so, until one morning, some man, more recently arrived than I, stopped me on the road. "'How do you get to the West Egg Village?' he asked helplessly. I told him. And as I walked on, I was lonely no longer. I was a guide, a pathfinder, an original settler.' he had casually conferred on me the freedom of the neighborhood. And so, with the sunshine and the great bursts of leaves growing on the trees, just as things grow in fast movies, I had that familiar conviction that life was beginning over again with the summer. There was so much to read, for one thing, and so much fine health to be pulled down out of the young breath-giving air. I bought a dozen volumes on banking and credit and investment securities, and they stood on my shelf in red and gold like new money from the mint, promising to unfold the shining secrets that only Midas and Morgan and Messenus knew. And I had the high intention of reading many other books besides. I was rather literary in college. One year, I wrote a series of very solemn and obvious editorials for the Yale News, and now I was going to bring back all such things into my life and become again that most limited of all specialists, the well-rounded man. This isn't just an epigram. Life is much more successfully looked at from a single window, after all. And that is all for today. That's the first four pages. We didn't reach the end of a chapter or anything. Um, so new people will either have to listen to old episodes or, uh, I don't know, just listen for, for fun. Uh, that is all for today, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.